coming to you from the Barrier Island Center on Virginia's eastern shore. This is Sharing the Mic with David Phillips. In each episode, we try to give you a different perspective of life on the eastern shore, whether it's about an occupation or simply stories of what people who have lived here have done in their careers. If you like what you hear, share it with your friends. Join me now for this very special edition of Sharing the Mic with David Phillips. My guest is James Spion, who is well known to many who are acquainted with the Barrier Islands Center. With seven documentary films about the Barrier Islands and the Eastern Shore, Jim is a seasoned visitor as well as a worker on the shore. Today, we're going to discuss his sixth film, Gatherings, which did not have an ordinary premiere showing when it was released due to the pandemic. For more information about Jim and his work, you can check out our earlier podcast, episode 14, April of 2022. Jim Spion, welcome to Sharing the Mic again. Thanks, David, for having me again. Uh, it's always great to be here and uh, chat with you. Yeah, I was looking back at the records. It was in April uh of 2022 that we aired your first podcast. And at that time, you were working on, uh, I believe, Island Empire, the story of the Cobbs. What we're here to talk about today is the film that preceded that one called Gatherings, which was not given a public premiere because of the pandemic. Tell us about what's going to happen. Well, that's right. Uh, showing the film in Cape Charles at the at the theater in uh, in Cape Charles, the Palace, uh, at the Palace on on July sixth. Uh, so I'm very excited. I had I had been uh, talking to Sally and the folks at the Barrier Island Center about this um, for a while now because I always felt like that film didn't really have a, a proper premiere. We did a little online thing, and I think about 15 people <laughs> just showed up. I, I kind of told myself, I don't think I'll ever do an online premiere again when that happened. I mean, we tried our best, but it just, there's something about like having that a group of people in a room and having that energy of like watching a film and sharing that emotional experience. And it was incredibly ironic, of course, because the film is entirely about the importance of gathering and social interaction and, and what are the places on the Eastern Shore where, where that important interaction happens. Talk about the importance of gathering places in a community in general and then on the Eastern Shore in particular. All of this is so really entwined and brought into relief by by the pandemic. Uh, I shot this film in uh, the summer of 2019, most of it, and you know, little did we know what was just around the corner. While I was editing the film was during the pandemic. It was 2020. And uh, it really brought into relief for me uh, all the, the deep importance of social connection. And because everything I was watching, everything I was editing had gone away, basically had been canceled for that that summer, the you know churches were closed down. The Watch a Pre Carnival didn't happen. The Dewdrop Inn was closed down. Like all of these places that we explored, these vibrant community hubs were gone, and it, and it made me just realize just how how important, particularly in a place like the Eastern Shore where people live kind of far apart, and you know it's not like um, living in a in a city or a busy suburb. You know you may not see. Um, 
your neighbors uh, for quite a while. And so these, the, you know, these places take on, I think, even greater importance in some sense uh, to, to have that place to come together as a group and to make those connections. And I think, speaking of the pandemic again, I just think when this first sort of the lockdowns and that sort of like social separation happened, I think it was widely sort of presented and perceived as like, you know, this is just, it's not super important. It's more important that we take these actions and et cetera. And understandably, they had to sort of get this messaging out. As time went on, I think people (laughs) really started to realize how much you lose when you don't have that human connection. It's not incidental or extra. It's, I think, core to the human experience and to human health. And and by health, I mean, obviously, psychological and, and sort of spiritual connection, but physical health even. It's really, really important. And so I really felt just to bring it, you know, full circle that this this film of all the films really needed a big gathering so people could come together and celebrate what's depicted on that film. And and really for me it's just it's almost pure joy. There's so much music involved in it. There's so much um happy connection and energy uh, at all these places that we explored. And so I'm really, really grateful and happy that we're going to be in Cape Charles uh, at at the Palace to bring this film to the world as it should be seen. Did anything surprise you when you were working on the film? You know, I think what surprised me was more the context of, of the pandemic happening and then all of these important gathering places being shut down for that time. I don't know. I don't, I don't think, you know, I don't think surprise would be the word. And maybe, and maybe it's because I've been making films now on the shore for going on 15 years. Um, I really feel like I'm connected in some way to the shore community. And the more of these films I do, the more I see these intricate webs of connection between these different sort of they seem like separate subjects, except they're not. And that's why even when you're watching these films, you'll see some of the same people and the same characters will come up in a number of films because all of these subjects, whether it's decoy carving or fishing or uh, the history of the islands or of uh, the settlement of the islands or or the food ways, like all of these things sort of are woven together uh, in the films. I don't know if that was a it good... It leads me to what I was going to ask you. Uh, this was your sixth film. You've done another one since, The Cobb, uh, Story of the Cobbs, and you're working on the next one, the eighth. Do you see some universal messages that tie all of these together? Bernie Herman, who's in um, the film about uh, food, uh, food ways of the shore, uh, uses this term terroir, the spirit of place. And I do think in some sense, all of these films are about truly powerful spirit of place that I think anyone who visits the shore and certainly anyone who lives there feels that very strong, unique character of the shore. It's almost um, an island character. In fact, I think um, someone says that at at the beginning of gatherings, water on both sides and this sort of like remoteness sort of feel. It's certainly not like the rest of Virginia or feels like it's its own intensely, it has this intense personality to it. There's so many things that kind of are threads that go through all of the films, but this really uh, beautiful wild ecology here, the untouched um, Atlantic shoreline and, and the Chesapeake on the other side and um, the sense of 
that connectedness to the water and the land, this this feeling of it being a rural coastal culture, which really almost doesn't exist in America, certainly on the East Coast. It's something of anomaly. I, I would say it's an anomaly throughout. Um, so this it really does feel like, I mean, a lot of people say that like it feels like you're going back into the past a little bit when you when you come here because it, it's a it feels like it's a different time. And, you know, the pace is like that and um, the interactions are are kind of like that. Yeah, I would say that's the spirit of place, that that's the real connective tissue between all of these films. It's not like I, I was really trying hard to, to sort of make some statement that would be an overarching thing with all these movies, but I think it just grew organically out of what this material is and was. And, you know, you can't help but have this, this, you know, it's, it's in the light here. It's in the, it's in the landscape. It's in the way that people talk. It's such a powerful spirit, I would say that, uh, it's it's been a real pleasure to be sort of the guy who's <laughs> had the opportunity to to be the recorder of all of this. In some sense, I kind of fell into that role. I didn't set out planning to, you know, when we first did the, you know, Our Island Home back in 2008, I think it was, I had no idea <laughs> that I would still be here in 2023 working on what is essentially um uh, you know, I would call it a longitudinal project. I look at this as all one big project now. It's not this film and that film, but rather this whole beautiful tapestry of of interconnected, you know, life and history and, and culture on the Eastern Shore. Right. Well, something you said a moment or so ago calls to mind. Uh, I came here almost 30 years ago to open a bed and breakfast down in Cape Charles, and one of my bed and breakfast colleagues would always say, welcome to the land that time forgot. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's in the, um, I mean, yeah, in terms of the, you know, just the way things operate, the culture, the technology, it's, I mean, it's not like you don't have internet here, but it still kind of feels like 50 years ago, you know? Since you've had quite an experience with the Barrier Island Center. If you had to name something, what would be your favorite part or the favorite thing about the partnership with the Barrier Island Center? Well, there's so many good things about it. It's, it's you know, all films are a collaboration, all but the most, you know, maybe uh, esoteric uh, uh, art uh, installation in, in a, in, you know, at the Whitney or something um, that, that one person can do, you know, a found footage film or something. But otherwise, um, even small documentaries are collaborations, right? And so your hope is that uh, you find partners with whom to work that um, that creates a very fruitful collaboration and a great creative energy. Uh, certainly, like you know. The cameraman I've worked with for many years, Pete Mariuzza, who shoots a lot of these films, um, is a great, you know, creative uh, partner. And, uh, you know, he'll be coming down this weekend uh, with me to, to do some more shooting on the new film. Um, so, yeah, as producers, um, the Barrier Island Center folks, um, Sally Dickinson in particular is the person I work with most closely. But um, it's a, you know, it's a filmmaker's dream because they really... Uh, once we decide on a topic and um, we get through our initial research phase and we decide, you know, who the best people to speak about this will be, 
Then I have carte blanche. I mean, I really have almost total creative freedom. I can think of, of out of these seven films that we've made so far, maybe twice where someone said something like, oh, could you change that maybe a little bit, whatever. I mean, really, it's just, uh, that's really unusual. <laughs> Usually producers and executive producers are a lot more hands-on than that. Um, I, I, you know, I take it as a great compliment because I think they, they really have placed a lot of trust and faith in me uh, that I will basically do right by them and accomplish something that highlights their, their mission and helps them as an institution, but is also a film that I can be proud of and that is uh, a good uh, piece of, of documentary uh, filmmaking that uh, in, in a sense is it's anthropological documentary work, right? It's, it's about a, a civilization and a culture and its unique aspects uh, of both in history and then unfolding in over time as we've made these films over this, this period of 15 odd years now. So, so yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> the short answer to that question is I, I would say that, that it is there. Um, their willingness to put a lot of trust and faith in me and to allow me my, my creative uh, authority over the work. Um, and that, that really has been um, the way that's made everyone happy. Really. It's, 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 they've been, I think, very pleased with how these films have sort of changed the perception of the Barrier Allen center and, and helped them um, fulfill their educational mission. Uh, I think I've been very pleased with uh, this body of work as something that I can be really proud of um, as a documentary filmmaker. And I think um, certainly the community is the third piece there. And I think um, the community reception to these films has been really remarkable. And um, it's it's a big part of why I like to do them, because you, there really is a, a strong sense of, um, I think, a, of identity that people really relate to. And they're very, they're so, uh, in a sense, proud to see their life and their, their roots uh, depicted in, in such a way, in such a kind of a, uh, I hope, respectful uh, and artful way. What's next uh, in this body of work? I understand you're working on a number eight. Yeah, so number eight is um, the, about the almshouse buildings uh, that the Barrow Allen Center has been in these last um, 30 years or so, almost 30 years. And uh, the history of that, that place that they happen to occupy, which, is a, which turns out to be a very uh, rich history. Um, these, these buildings operated for almost 150 years as, um, you know, what some people might called the poorhouse, but it was so much more than that because essentially you're talking about what today would be handled by 10 or 12 social service agencies. So it wasn't just like, oh, indigent or poor people who, you know, need a place to stay. It was veterans who uh, may be so physically uh, injured that they can't take care of themselves or uh, very elderly people who had no family to take care of them or uh, orphans who had nobody to take care of them or mentally ill people who couldn't function. I mean, this is whole list of, of, 
you know, what today would, there would be multiple agencies and buildings and everything it was just all at this one place, which is kind of remarkable. I kind of think about like, what was that like at any, on any given day to have like 15 or 20 residents with all of these different issues, you know, uh, that were somehow going to be taken care of at this place, which, you know, I mean, I know they had a doctor to sort of do some baseline checkups and, and check in when you go there and, you know, or, so, so it was really, uh, it's really quite a remarkable story of like one building run by the county, which, or the town, uh, which had all of these functions. And so uh, Miriam Riggs, who, who's worked with the, with the museum has, and will be in the film, has done just remarkable scholarship and uh, accessed a lot of the, the records. Um, as you know, as we were discussing earlier, the, um, the uh, court House records in Eastville are some of the um, oldest uh, existing in the country. And so uh, she was able over time to find out a lot about um, about what happened there, about who lived there. Um, and, you know, it, it, it turns out that, you know, when, when you have a, a, a housing for that period of time, taking care of that many people, you know, a lot of them uh, will eventually die there and they are buried uh, contiguous and adjacent to that property. There's a big uh, agricultural field there that's uh, right now, I think it has um, soybeans out there, uh, but there are probably hundreds of people buried out there with no, there's, there are no markers there. There are no, um, there's no gravestones. Certainly it's uh, uh, something, something you might call a, a potter's field or something like that. I mean, even New York city has one. Um, but, uh, it's, it's quite, uh, extraordinary what, what, um, what they found. So, um, you know, the film will be exploring all of that, like, and what it means to, what it means to this institution really. And they've, they have started to, like a lot of institutions I think are doing, starting to look at their past and, and to, um, sort of reckon with where they came from. And uh, I think it's a really, um, I think it's a really bold and admirable thing to do. Uh, and I'm sort of hoping to be um, a useful part of that process, I guess, uh, for them and bringing these, these stories to life. When do you expect it will be released? I'm, I'm guessing in early spring of 2024 will be the premiere of, of this film. Terrific. And let's talk just a little bit more about uh, Gatherings. It's going to be at the Palace Theater. So, yes, Gatherings will be at the Palace Theater, I believe, at 7 p.m. on Thursday, July 6th. Um, it's uh, quite a, um, it's almost a feature, this film. I would call it a featurette. It's uh, just under an hour. We just explored so many great uh, gathering places on the shore. Uh, I think I mentioned the Watch Pre Carnival, uh, the Dewdrop Inn, which is one of the oldest Black-owned businesses on the Eastern Shore. Uh, we went to Chair Place, where these there are these great um, blues folk jams. Uh, we went to Bethel AME Church. Uh, we even went to uh, the BIC's own event, Art and Music on the Farm. Uh, we even look at general stores and, and the history of, uh, of general stores as an important uh, gathering point, not just a place to buy something, but a place to connect with your 
your neighbors. And so all of this stuff is part of the big sort of tapestry of this film. I think it has the, I would call it the biggest canvas of any of the films we've done. I think there are over 20 interviews. I hope people come away with it with a with a sense of the, the wonderful community spirit that is available here. And that is that part of what makes this this place so special. And you're going to be there and you're going to answer questions. Is that correct? Yes, I will. Thanks for reminding me. I will be there. Uh, yes, I will be there. I'll introduce the film. I'll, uh, we'll have a Q&A afterward. I'll answer questions and uh and it should be a it should be a good time. And I think I should mention the screening is free, as well. So I hope I hope to see a lot of people uh, from the community show up um, and um, experience this film the way it should be seen on the big screen with uh, great sound. Um, there's so much music in the film, so much uh, joy, and it's it's really I'm really excited about um, premiering it uh, in a theater finally. We look very forward to it. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, David. You have been listening to Sharing the Mic with David Phillips, produced by the Barrier Islands Center on Virginia's Eastern Shore. Sally Dickinson, Executive Director. Kristen Dennis, Office and Marketing Manager. Megan Ames, Director of Planning and Development. Tracy Jones, Director of Education. The Barrier Island Center is located at 7295 Young Street in Machipongo, Virginia, 23405. The website is www.barrierislandscenter.org. If you have comments or questions about this podcast, please direct them to bicpodcast at icloud.com. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe. Until next time, stay safe and be well.